They're not at the end that we might be in our, our bad God story. That while things might be uncertain, God is still God. And I really love that. And I think that's why living in a, in a space of knowing what our bad God story is is, is is critical. We're going into Easter weekend next week. And uh, there's so much that's, that's centered around Easter weekend, Right? Uh, I know that what tends to happen is the whole of Joburg comes down onto our beaches, and our promenades, our hiking trails, and then we all get grumpy and we, have, or we just have to smile and wave and welcome them with open arms. No, we're not allowed to pray for rain while they're down here. We do want to have a really good Easter weekend. But no, it's, 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 not, it's not just about the holiday. It's it's really centered around remembering that Christ died for us and that he rose again and what that means for us. I saw, I saw a quote the other day that says that Jesus didn't die for us, he died as us. Understand that. Uh, what, what this person is saying is that Jesus didn't present our sins on a, on a platter. He, he couldn't. So what he did is he embodied our sins and then he presented himself as that sin, as everything that he did. So we must remember, we must remember what Christ died for us. In the Last Supper, Luke twenty-two nineteen, 19, he says, and he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus wants us to live in remembrance. And this is not just remembering as in thinking, but the act of remembering. So as we near this season of, of incredible reflection and incredible remembrance, I often see that sometimes what we do as people is we have so much of our stories to tell, but we, we tell our stories in linear and sort of like these snapshots, right? That, ah, oh, you know, I was down in the dumps and then I, I went through a bit of more dump and then I came out of it and then I cried a little bit and then I made it. But this season is not about that. This season, we, we had to dig a little bit deeper into our stories really, really go into the depths 
of our emotions in knowing what our bad God story is. I mean, we as a people have gone through a lot in the last two or three years, right? It's time for us to reflect on, on that a lot, on our losses, on our uncertainties, our trying to keep it together, our tears alone in the car, in the garage, or behind closed doors in our beds when nobody's looking, our brave faces in front of our kids when we're trying to provide and we don't know just how we're going to do it. I mean, do you remember in the hard lockdown when it came, preempting that when people weren't panicking, but they were all at the shopping, like at the retail spaces at Woolies or Checkers, and I was like, they said that the food is going to come, but the government's telling us not to panic. I'm not panicking. Why do you have so much toilet paper? <laughs> I didn't take all the toilet paper. <laughs> do you remember your first shop in lockdown when you went and you braved it and it looked like there was going to be a food shortage and we were nervous and we were scared and you saw how empty the streets were and it was just a a new season for us that we were not sure how long it was going to last. And then we were told that we were not allowed to visit our people anymore, our mothers and fathers and our grandparents. And even in the first, and then the first deaths started to happen. But they were also distant from us. They felt like they were in another world or another country. And then those deaths moved closer to home, and then death came into our homes. We became teachers, and we showed off some of our hidden talents. We all became gym enthusiasts through YouTube, and then hurt ourselves in the process. I mean, we ran marathons on our balcony, like this, (laughs) and again. And then we did expect it not to hurt ourselves. That wasn't the plan. And then we entered into 2021 with a renewed sense of hope that things could not be worse than they were in 2020. But then our personal security, even though sometimes it always feels threatened, really got threatened. We barricaded our neighborhoods. And then we realized in the process that we lived next to Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme, Chuck Norris was there, Rambo. Rambo was there. People lost their cool at us, and we lost our cool at them. We all got disillusioned about our country. I don't know about you, but I lost faith in our leadership. And then I lost faith in our faith. How did we survive all of that? Maybe we're still asking, how are we surviving all of that? And maybe we shouldn't ask that question in the rhetorical. Maybe we should have some answers to that. How did we, how are we getting through all of that? How will we tell our stories 
one day to the one day to those who are coming after us. How will we tell our God about God's story? So I want you to repeat after me. Know your story. Tell your story. Tell the bad God story. How many of us know our bad God story? How many of us can tell our bad God story? Some of us may be thinking, I don't even know what my bad God story is. Some of us may be thinking, I'm not eloquent enough to even tell a story. Maybe it's because we were never even bothered to know what our bad God story is. A little bit about me, I I love sport, uh, but I also have a deep love for history and and history channel, but but also my personal history. I love how finding out like, how I'm connected to people. Like, how, how am I wired with this person? And how come I can understand a little bit of what you're saying, and, and, but I don't understand your language? How does this all work? And so I've done a little bit of digging to see, like, where, where do I come from? Who, who am I in terms of my heritage? So I'm a Mpondo man. Now, Mpondo is a horn, but Mpondo are Xhosa-speaking people who are primarily situated right now on the south coast of South Africa, stretching from about Port Edward right down into the wild coast of the Eastern Cape and then all the way down into Cape Town and inland. But we refer to people as Abantu or Umtu, and the, the primary word there is the Ntu. So this Ntu word originates from the Great Lakes of Africa, way up north. Ndu people are still found in the Democratic Republic of Congo, in the Cameroon, and in the other areas. These people then moved down, they migrated all the way, a little bit into, into uh, Mozambique, but primarily into Swaziland, and then into northern Natal, and they shifted down. And they separated themselves, so to speak, into what we call the Nguni people. Now, the Nguni people are Zulu, Ndebele, Xhosa, and Siswati people. So they speak a very similar language, but there's a few differences. For example, if you said to a Zulu person, Ngiyakeza, you're saying you're going to go wash, right? If you say to a Xhosa person, Uyakeza, you're saying he's naughty. So it's similar, same, same, but different, as they say, right? <laughs> And so, interestingly, these Nguni people who are Ndu people are still found primarily in Rwanda, Angola, Burundi, in Zim, and like I say, here in South Africa. Well, why does this interest me? Well, last week and in the last month or so, I couldn't get out of not hearing people say foreign nationals must go home. And yet, if I look at this lineage, I can only ask, well, what is a foreign national? If we are also intertwined, what are, they, what are people talking about? I found further similarities. So a friend of mine a, a while ago put an Instagram post of himself and his wife, and the caption read, Umtu nomtu wake, which loosely translated means 
a person and his or her person. It's a term of affection just uh, that emphasizes bonds, right? Umtu nomtu wake, that's in Kosa. In Isizulu, it is umuntu nomuntu wake. In Swahili, it is mtu namtu wake. In Kenya, the Taita tribe say mundu namundu wake. Central Ghana, o mundu namundu wake. Western Kenya, o mundu no mundu wuwe. Setswane, moto le moto wakwe. Shona people say munu ne munu wake. The vendor people say mutu na mutu wawe. The Chewa people of Malawi, they say muntu ndi mundu wake. The Yao people of Malawi say mundu ni mundu jwake. The Saya people of Uganda say o muntu no mundu waye. Same thing. Exactly the same thing. What's happened? What's probably happened is we forgot to tell our story. And what's happens, what happens then is then we become a lost people. We start looking at a brother as an enemy, telling him to, or her, to go back home, which is weird, right? So history is important to me. I want to know it. I want to know this connection. I may not understand the languages of Northern Africa in primary, but there are parts of it that stick out that go, sure, I see myself in that person. So that's my story. And I think God knows what happens when we forget our story. We become a lost people. And that is why he wants us to tell our bad God story. In Judges 2, 6 to 14, Here's a bit of context. So Moses has led the Israelites out into the desert and going towards the promised land, but he doesn't make it. Joshua is the new leader of the Israelites, right? He takes the Israelites into the promised land, the land of milk and honey that they were promised. They defeat some of the giants of the land, and then we pick it up from here. After Joshua had dismissed the Israelites, they went to take possession of the land each to their own inheritance. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things that the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110, and they buried him in the land of his inheritance in timnath Harris, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. After that, a whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors. After a whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the bars. Just, just for a moment, think about that. There's a new generation who has grown up who have not forgotten about the Egypt story. They do not know the Egypt story. They do not know the deliverance story. They are raised thinking what they have is by their own might and strength. And so they turn against God and they worship Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods 
of peoples around them. They aroused the Lord's anger because they forsook him and served Baal and Ashtoreth. In his anger against Israel, the Lord gave them into the hands of the raiders who plundered them. He sold them into the hands of their enemies all around, whom they were no longer able to resist. Whenever Israel went out to fight, the hand of the Lord was against them to defeat them, just as he had sworn to them. They were in great distress. Paraphrasing it, it says here in the Bible, they prostituted themselves to other gods and worshipped them, turned against their ancestors who had been obedient to the Lord's commands. Israel had refused to give up their evil ways and they violated the covenant ordained for their ancestors. They had forgotten their bad God story. They had forgotten that 400, for 400 years they were slaves, but God heard their cry and sent Moses and Aaron to them. They had forgotten that Pharaoh refused to free them, but God sent plagues that would ravage the land of their slavery. They had forgotten that Pharaoh and his army chased them through the desert and through the sea, but God closed the mouth of the sea and not one of Pharaoh's armies made it out alive. They had forgotten that they were in a desert, but God covered them with a great cloud, drew water from rock, and gave them manna so they would not go hungry. They had forgotten that the land that they now possessed, not too long ago they were so scared of the giants that they'd lived in this exact same land, but God delivered them. A little bit about me. When I was 18, I was 17, yeah, grade 11, I got hijacked at home in Umtata. And these two guys, one had a gun, uh, driven uh, out of the town into a, a very, in the felt, very like dark, uh, quiet place. And they demanded what I had on me, which was my wallet back then. I gave them my wallet and all they had was my bank card. And once I'd given them the stuff, the guy who had the gun said, oh, he's seen our faces, let's just shoot him and get out of here, literally that way. And the guy who was driving was like, no man, let him run. And the guy didn't hear that, so he pointed the gun in my face and pulled the trigger, but the gun didn't go off. And he did it again. He sort of played around with the gun, pointed it into my face, and the gun didn't go off. And now I sort of come to, I'm like, whoa, gun's fake. These guys look little, so <laughs> let, me get it, let me get out of here. So I wrestled the guy with the gun, and I've got him in a headlock. And I don't know where the gun is. I couldn't care less because obviously it's fake. But the other guy then picked it up. He had pointed it into the air, and the gun went off. I told my friends when I arrived at school about this experience, and they were like, "She's you were lucky. I wasn't lucky. But God. But God. I remember arriving here in, in KZN in 2008 with a bag with one friend, one mate, um, lived together for, for a good seven years. But as I reflect through that time, I'm amazed at what God has done for me and through me in many spaces, given me a church community to be bonded with in this journey of life, got married, which is an amazing experience in doing life, with a partner in companionship. 
got into a, a, a business that I believe is doing incredible and important work too, uh, as we, we're trying to shift the impact of, of, of climate change in our space within the renewable energy sector. And that's, and that's but God moments for me. Those are the bad God moments for me. So we have to tell these bad God stories. And if you don't know which bad God stories to tell, maybe start with, in the beginning, he created. Or tell of King David, who was looked as a nothing boy amongst his brothers, but rose to be known as the man after God's own heart. Or tell the story of Solomon, the wisest of kings, who had two moms, one child in front of him, and the one mom said, you know what, that's my child. The other mom said, that's my child. And in making a decision, he said, well, cut, cut the child in half and take one. And the mom, the real mom, said, no, rather let the child live and give it to the mom that claims to be. Tell the bad God story of Paul, who be, of Saul, who became Paul. Or tell the story of a baby born in a manger who would become the savior of the world, who would embody what you and I have done wrongfully and carried on his shoulders, presented to the Lord that we might be forgiven. Live in remembrance. Romans 5 verse 8 says, that God demonstrates his own love for us through this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So know your story and tell your bad God story. A story that God promised that he would never leave or forsake us and that while we still <laughs> fall short, his goodness continues to pursue us time after time after time. And when we forget, his goodness still pursues us time after time after time. So I'm going to ask you to do something for me just now. I'll ask you to close your eyes. And in remembering how you got here, in the detail, not in the highlights, but really in the detail of how you are even here, I want you to remember the goodness of God. Close your eyes and remember what he's done for you. I want you to think of all the trials, all the successes, all the joys, all the pain that you have gone through. But God, but God was there. So I'm going to play some piano, play some music for you. And I really want you to be in this moment. And wherever it takes you, then it must take you. But I want us to start in this moment where our eyes are closed as we remember our bad God story. I love you, Lord, 
For your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hands The moment that I wake up Until I lay my hands I will sing of the goodness of
Everybody's been asking me when I'm going to sing at the end of the sermon. <laughs> Funny guy. It's a little bit unfair. Friends, uh, you know, I was just thinking about it again in the service. You, you start thinking about all the times God was there. You allow the Holy Spirit to refresh your mind on every, every moment. And you actually realize there are a whole bunch of times when you thought he wasn't there, but he was there, and he was covering, and he opened that door, and actually it was him who was protecting you, and it starts to create a gratitude inside of you that changes you, and when you tell those stories, it begins to affect people. I was, I was doing a funeral the other day, and my, my family was there because it was like a distant relative, and uh, at the end of the funeral, people are crying as I told a little bit of my but God story about being adopted. And then I looked to the right, and my little boy was crying. As I told the story about being adopted first by an earthly father, and how that made me experience the love of God. When I came to Christ, I felt the same feelings of adoption. You have a but God story. You have to tell it. If you don't think you've got a but God story... My gut is the Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart right now and going, will you let me come in? Will you let Jesus come into your life? Because there is a but God story that you're probably not even aware of. God's been chasing you from the moment you were born because long ago, before he made this world, he loved you and he chose you. And his unchanging plan has always been to adopt you into his family. And for some of you, today's that day. For others of you, it's the day that you remember your story and you tell it. So, Heavenly Father, as we, as we come to you, we thank you for your deep, deep grace. And that you chose us and you loved us and you've been pursuing us. And I pray, God, your kingdom breaks through in us as we tell your story. Amen. Amen. Give them a hand as you go. May God bless you. Have a fantastic day.